Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network. And let's get right in. Recap of Washington's 25-10 to 10 loss to the Dallas Cowboys in Week 4. We sit here, another Monday, a third straight Monday. Not a victory Monday, it's another loss. Washington is now 1-3, 0-2 in the division. And another game yesterday that they looked completely disinterested, unprepared, And from an effort standpoint, it's just not there for me. A game that we expected Washington to come out and play better than they showed against Detroit in Week 2 and Philadelphia in Week 3. Failed to score in the first quarter again. Almost shut out again in the second half. For Warren for 10-yard completion from Carson Wentz to Jahan Dotson in the back of the end zone, which is a very nice play that I'll get to in a little bit. But overall, another day of disappointment for the Burgundy and Gold. I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to blow everything up, get rid of Ron, change the quarterback, get rid of Scott Turner, get rid of Jack Del Rio, get rid of GM Martin Mayhew. I'm not going to sit here and do that because in in relativity, it is still early. We are a quarter of the way through the season, however. And this is year three of the Ron Rivera experiment. And that's where I want to start today, on the defensive side of the ball. Because just last week against Philadelphia, you look back to what Ron said in that post-game presser. And he said, we have individuals, young individuals, in this locker room that are being put in position to get some more snaps. And we need them to produce. Because we are, quote, going to start punching people back in the face here soon. Well, I didn't see it against Dallas. And now you're sitting here at one and three. And now you've lost three consecutive games and not a great start at 0-2 in the division when you're expected to compete for an NFC East title this year. And for Ron Rivera, we always talk about regime switches. It usually takes a couple of years to get the guys in the building that you want to have compete and go to war with. In year three, it what allows us to get a nice clear window into what Ron wants to have on the field. This is the guys that he wants to go to battle with, specifically on the defensive side of the football and the assets and the capital that he's given in the draft and in free agency to add his starting 11 and the rotational depth of guys that he wants to go to war with every single game. But it's not working. William Jackson, you sign in free agency. You drafted Percy Butler. You drafted Derek Forrest. You drafted Jamin Davis. You drafted Cole Holcomb. You drafted Benjamin St. Just. You signed Bobby McCain. Can't speak on Federi Mathis because he's hurt and he's out for the rest of the year. You drafted Cam Curl. Jeremy Reeves is still in the building from a prior regime. 
These are the guys that obviously you like from a personnel standpoint, but they haven't been good enough on game day. Just yesterday, again, Ron said in the presser, post-game, we were, quote, good enough, but apparently good enough is not good enough. What? Sorry, but that just doesn't make sense to me. You were not good enough against Dallas yesterday. The product on the field was not good enough to win the football game. Maybe in the first quarter when you're running the ball well, the front seven looked good again. And the entire game, I was actually pleased with the front seven. I really like the improvement I've seen from Jamin Davis. I'm really liking what I've seen from obviously John Allen and Deron Payne, two big boys in the middle. They've led the way up front as we expect every single week. We saw Deron Payne throw Zach Martin out of the way in that, in that game. That was an outstanding play. Not easy to throw Zach Martin around. Deron Payne made it look easy. But these are the guys that, that Ron Rivera wants to go to battle with, that Jack Del Rio wants to go to battle with, and it ain't good enough. It's not good enough. You scored eight points last week on offense. You come back this week and you score 10. You allow 25 to Dallas in week four. You allow 24 to Philadelphia in week three, 36 to the Lions in week one, and 22 to the Jaguars. Excuse me, the Lions in week two and the Jaguars in week one. It's not good enough on the defensive side of the football. We know this offense will be able to score points. I, I still have confidence in, this, in the offense to get going. The front five has got to improve in some capacity for Carson Wentz to be able to sit there for more than a second without having to throw it in the dirt, throw it over guys' heads out of bounds, or force things downfield and play hero ball. It's just not good football right now, and nothing has changed. This is the same thing that I talked about last week, and we've talked about last year, the year before that, five years before that. This is the same stuff that's not being fixed. It doesn't matter who the GM is, who the head coach is, who the OC or the DC is. This is the same stuff. And really, my concerns come on the defensive side of the ball and the back four that we knew wasn't going to be good this year. But what do you do to add players? Well, you draft a seventh rounder on Oklahoma State, and you bring in guys like Tariq Castro-Fields and Rashad Wild Goose to be your depth at corner. That's not good enough for me. That's a lack of attention from a pro scouting standpoint and from a college scouting standpoint to not add assets in the draft with higher picks in your corners room. We knew that Kendall Fuller isn't good. Why does it have to take us to, have to, to say that to Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, guys that are in position to put this football team in a position to win every single week, not just from a personnel standpoint, but from a schematic standpoint. But when the personnel isn't good enough and the adjustments made from Del Rio defensively and Rivera conceptually and schematically aren't changing week to week, quarter to quarter, series to series, which they should. That's what the best teams in the NFL do. You have to adjust. Not everything from a game plan perspective is going to be perfect every single week. You're going to have your lapses defensively. You're going to. We've talked about the defense for years as far as being a bend but don't break defense. We've been that for a while. They showed some of that in the first half against Dallas yesterday. Bend but don't break. 
It's been tough early this year when the defense has constantly been on the field to be a bend but don't break defense because they're worn out, tired, exhausted, whatever adjective you want to use. They're beat up. But again, back to the assets that they've added in this defense, young players that Rivera has talked about. Percy Butler. We saw Derek Forrest get a lot of snaps in the first few weeks when Cam Curl was out. He looked good. Sure, not everything was perfect, but let him learn under fire. He's someone that's physical, has a culture on the back end. He is that culture guy, that glue guy in the back end. Guys get riled up when they see number 22 flying around. Let him play a little more. Jeremy Reeves, special teams, ace, sure, but let him play some D. But on the outside, you got to get guys that can cover. Another week, I'm sitting here talking about Kendall Fuller not being an NFL. It doesn't look like an NFL corner right now. Yesterday in that second half, they aligned Noah Brown and CeeDee Lamb on the opposite side of the formation to said, let's just run go routes. Now you guys out there remember that jackpot game you used to play as a kid. Jackpot 500, just throw it up and see what happens. That's what they did in the second half yesterday. Because it wasn't a penalty on Jackson or Fuller. It was caught. It's just bad football. Same crap I said last week. Same crap I said against Detroit. Nothing is changing. I hate having to come on here and say the same things. I want to be positive. I want to have a competitive football team. You guys want to find something to rally around on a Sunday afternoon. Another three hours wasted. Thanks. Oh, the jerseys look good, though. The all-blacks look good. Doesn't matter if you're not playing competitive football. I'm not expecting a Super Bowl. I'm, I'm not. If they didn't win the East this year and they get into the playoffs, wasn't going to go to Ron's house with a pitchfork. But you got to play competitive football. And this is a roster that is too talented to not be playing competitive, a competitive brand of football with a regime and a coaching staff that has been in place. It's not good enough. Offensively, I liked what they had in the run game going early in that game against Dallas. You got Antonio Gibson churning early. But that fell apart because we knew what happened in the front five. You pulled Trey Turner for Sadiq Charles, and remember, they added Sadiq Charles years ago as a replacement, quote-unquote, when Trent Williams went to San Francisco. He was looked upon to be that left tackle replacement out of LSU. But he showcased slow feet, extremely slow feet, terrible mechanics in his lower half, so they slid him into guard, where he could have help to either shoulder, whether he was at left guard or at right guard. You pulled Trey Turner yesterday, you put Sadiq Charles in at right guard, and that was a mess. Sam Cosme was a mess at right tackle. We've had three centers in three weeks. I don't need to go in to how big a loss Chase Rulia has been for this offense. I talked about it all last week. We saw it again yesterday. This offensive line has completely fallen apart since the loss of Chase Roulier. And I've been on here every week talking about the offensive line coach and John Matsko and the ability he's had and he's shown to get guys in that front five, it doesn't matter who it is, and be able to play. But again, yesterday it was absolutely disgusting within the front five. In the run game, Dallas was like, okay, they want Washington wants to get the ground game going. Sure, we'll bring the linebackers up and claw Gatters. He moved in the second quarter. 
Then when they're down, Dallas goes up 15-7 early in that third quarter or midway through the third quarter. You're chasing the game a little bit. So what do you have to do? You have to pass. Well, you got a brand new center in the game in Nick Martin. It's not Wes Schweitzer. It's not Chase Roulier. You got a brand new right guard. It's not Wes Schweitzer. It's not Trey Turner. It's now Sadiq Charles. Left side of the line stayed compact. It was Andrew Norwell and Charles Leno. We saw Cornelius Lucas get snaps last week. This is a ton of names already through four weeks that are now on the offensive line. But I like Washington's depth in that positional group. But they look like one of the worst offensive lines in football right now. I know a lot of you out there want to put the blame on Carson Wentz, but there's not a quarterback in this league that will be able to produce with the line that Washington has showcased, especially this week and last. We've seen what Carson Wentz has been able to do when he's able to sit back there for a little bit and go through his reads and dissect downfield. Look at the Jacksonville game and look at the Detroit game a little bit. He is more than a suitable quarterback in this offense to compete. He is. I have confidence in Carson Wentz getting back to that form because the offensive line has to get better. And I think it will. Whether you have to keep in more tight ends to chip the ends. We have to keep running backs into pass block more. In pass pro. You you got you to, gotta, just like defensively, you have to adjust. You have to. If you want to show some of that that pony formation that the Packers show with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones to either side of Aaron Rodgers. One goes out for routes, one stays in for pass pro. If you want to do that when Brian Robinson gets back, have him stay in pass pro. Let J.D. run routes. Let Antonio Gibson run routes. Keep John Bates in to protect on whatever side to give the tackle help. You have to adjust on the offensive side of the ball. But Carson Wentz is not going to look good at all or receive confidence from the offensive coaching staff, or you guys as fans, if he's not able to sit back and read down the field. He's got bodies on his feet within a second and a half of him dropping back and looking downfield. He's slinging it sidearm out to the flats. He's missing downfield on relatively easy throws, because why? There's guys right in his chest. Now, are some of those throws, should they be hit? 100%. Are there throws that he left on that field against Dallas? 100%. He has not looked good in these last two weeks. But it all correlates, ladies and gentlemen. It all correlates. The receiver's production correlates with the quarterbacks, and the quarterback's correlates with the ability of the front five to keep him upright. Were there a ton of sacks yesterday? No, there were not. Dante Fowler had a sack. Neville Gallimore had a sack. But the pressures that kept Micah Parsons off the sack sheet, that's a positive But the pressures are what matters. And consistently, he's dropping back and he's pressured with guys in his face under two seconds. I put it on Twitter last week. There was a stat that came out. There's a graph for the percentage of dropbacks that Carson Wentz has been pressured in his face. It's one of the worst in football. It's Washington, it's the Giants, and the Bears. The The worst three as far as allowing pressures, the pressure percentage in their dropbacks. It's not good. Carson Wentz feels that. He knows that. But how can you have confidence as a passer wanting to target the likes of Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson down the field, whether it's 15 yards, whether it's 30 yards, on a shot down the field? If you know that within a second and a half of you dropping back, there's a guy going to be on your back or in your right in your face. Not allowing you to step up in the pocket. Not allowing you to hitch up. 
and wind up and deliver down the field. You're, not, you're just not being able to do that right now on the offensive side of the ball. And when the run game ain't going, the offense ain't going. Play-action game isn't open. It was bad again yesterday. And for me, it's the offensive line and it's the secondary. I'll have an article out later this week for the Draft Network on three corners that you guys need to know on each day of the draft coming up and three offensive tackles that you guys need to know on each day. I'll have that out during the week over at thedraftnetwork.com. I'll also put it on my Twitter account. I don't want to be talking about April right now as we sit here in early October. It is my job to inform you guys about the draft and prospects to keep an eye on, but I don't want to do it right now. I want to focus on a competitive football season. How we can get better. Because it is still early. Four games are gone. Just like that. They're gone. And you're one and three. But you could very easily be here right now at 0 and 4. Folks, we could be 0 and 4 right now very easily if it wasn't for a heroic effort from Carson Wentz in that Jacksonville Jaguars game in the second half. Couple plays here and there. This team is 0 and 4. I'm not calling for Ron Rivera's head right now. But damn it, maybe someone should. A lot has to change. I need more fire on the sidelines. And I know that's not in the lo- he's not showing fire in the locker room or during practice. Can't just change up for the media or on game day. You look the same in a loss with your arms folded as you do in a win with your arms folded. It's a different age. And coaching. Got to get guys with some energy in the building. Del Rio ain't showing it. Rivera sure as hell ain't showing it. I want some guys in the building that want to compete. And show some fire. I don't care if you're down 35 nothing or up 35 nothing. Every single day you have to show up and do your job and compete. Whether you're practicing or you're playing. It starts at the top with Rivera. He is the poster child of this team. He is the face. He's got the guys on the field that he wants to play. It's not good enough right now. He's got the coaches in the building that he wants to coach. Not good enough right now. And he has full autonomy over everything. He overlooks everything. But in year three, after sub-500 campaigns in his first two seasons as head coach, And now you're one and three on the risk of going one and four with a good Titans ball club coming in the building, led by Ryan Tannehill, who's not a world beater by any means, but he understands the offense and delivered down the field, a lot like Cooper Rush is. I have no problem comparing Cooper Rush to Ryan Tannehill. I don't. Cooper Rush is 4-0 in the starts in the NFL. Not easy to win in the NFL, and he's been able to win. Cooper Rush is exactly what what we thought he was going to be yesterday. Delivered down the field with accuracy. Give CeeDee Lamb opportunities. Give Noah Brown opportunities because Washington can't cover. That's what it was yesterday. But moving forward to Tennessee, I'll have a full preview out for you guys this week of their roster. But this could very easily be a situation where you go into week six at 1-4, and 0-2 in the division. I was talking with my editor this week about potentially writing on Sam Howell, Taylor Heineke. Is it time to pull the plug on Carson Wentz? I said no. But Tennessee is a huge ball game. Carson Wentz showcases well against Tennessee. The the pitchforks will will be put away for at least a week. 
The talk for Heineke and Howell will be put to bed for at least now. But if they come out in week five, home against the Titans, crap the bed, don't play hard, don't compete, and they go one and four, we got issues on our hands. We have issues on our hands right now. But this is same thing we've been saying for years. I'm tired of saying we have issues. We just play some competitive football year in and year out. You have talent on either side of the ball. It's time to put your money where your mouth is. You draft the guys you want on the field. You sign guys you want on the field, either side of the ball. If it doesn't work, get guys in the building that will make it work. There's too much talent on this football team not to be playing competitive football right now. You're not playing the Chiefs every week. You're not playing the Rams. You're not playing the Bills. You face an Eagles team that's now 4-0. That's a very good football team. You played the Lions that are still one, they're one of the top offenses in the league, but they're also 1-3. Jaguars are expectedly better this year. And then you go down to Dallas with a backup quarterback. I don't care what you say about Cooper Rush. He is a backup quarterback right now for that Dallas roster. He may start somewhere else in the near future, but right now he is their backup quarterback. A defense that was not expected to be the monsters of the midway in the Chicago Bears. A, a, a fine defense in Dallas, but not a defense supposed to shut down opposing offenses. He scored 18 points the last two weeks combined. The brand of football right now that the Burgundy and Gold is playing is not good enough to compete in the NFL. And right now, they look like a team that's going to have a top five pick come April. We will address that down the road when we have a full 17-game slate on our, under our belt and we get into draft talk. But this is still early, and this is the first quarter of the season that's now complete. But it happens quick. You start winning football games, momentum is a scary thing. We understand that in sports. But when it gets bad, and it gets bad in D.C., it gets really bad really quick. We all understand that. People are calling for people to get fired. Pulling the quarterback. My issue was yesterday, you pulled Trey Turner at right guard. He put in Sadiq Charles. Why are you not pulling Kendall Fuller? Because why? You got Rashad Wild Goose and Tariq Castro Fields as your backups on the outside. That's terrible roster management. That's all you got. You can't pull Kendall Fuller because you think he'd be better than Wild Goose and Castro Fields. That's all you got. Because you're sure as hell not putting Christian Holmes, I guess, on CeeDee Lamb or Noah Brown. Where was Benjamin St. Juice yesterday? I want him on the outside. Keep him on the outside. Slide Kendall Fuller to the inside. And if he's not good enough, then bring in Wild Goose to put in the slot or Castro Fields. Because that's what you have right now. You haven't shown the ability to conceptually put your players in the back end in a position to win. You don't have the talent to do so. Other teams understand that. Third and eight, third and nine yesterday. Dallas, that second half. Just throw it down the field, see what happens. Whether it's a penalty, whether it's a pass breakup, whether it's a completion and a touchdown. That's what their plan of action was against Fuller and Jackson yesterday. They understand that Washington does not have corners to keep up with the receivers in this league right now. We've seen it every single week. Christian Kirk and, and Zay Jones in week one. Amandra St. Brown in week two. Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown in week three. And now CeeDee Lamb and Noah Brown in week four. They didn't even have Dalton Schultz on the field. 
It's just not good football again. And I'm tired of saying the same things over and over again. I'm not a scout for the team. I'm not a coach for the team. I don't make any personnel decisions for this team. However, we can look at it from a 300-foot view down on this roster and look at the depth chart and expect more from this football team. You're not wrong for saying that this team should be competitive and be winning more football games. Thought a very good chance that Washington was going to go into Dallas and beat them yesterday. Thought there was a very good chance that they were going into Detroit to win that football game. Because they have the players on this roster to be better than they are. And that's all we can expect from a media perspective and from a fan perspective every single week. As you guys take three, three and a half hours once a day every week to watch this football team. The product just isn't there. And I tip my cap to all of you out there that continue to follow this team. And there's another team 45 minutes north in Baltimore that has been good for a long time. And that's going to be good for the immediate future once they re-up with Lamar Jackson. A lot of you guys could be transferred over to Baltimore Ravens fans. But you stuck with this team because they are the Burgundy Gold. And that's just really the relationship that you fans have with this team. Your mom, your dad, your cousins, your family members, all like the Burgundy and Gold. It's a family thing. It's a generational thing. For this football team not to be good, for as long as they have, for you to still follow them, to you to be tuning into this podcast today to hear my input, I appreciate that for the world. I tell you guys every podcast at the end. Appreciate you tuning in. I mean that. Because this football team, you could very easily say, ah, I'm done with them. But you're listening here to find out how they can improve. What needs to get better? And every week, for three hours, you sit down and you watch this football team with all you got. And sometimes you get more effort and you care more than sometimes the guys in the football field. And I completely agree. We expect them to be better. And I hope, as we move into week five, that the Washington Commanders, the Burgundy and Gold, our team, is better in week five against the Tennessee Titans. So that's going to wrap it up. For this podcast today, again, I always appreciate you guys tuning in. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter if you don't already at underscore Ryan Fowler. All my written work is housed at thedraftnetwork.com. Always appreciate you guys tuning in. I'll have a preview of the Tennessee Titans out for you guys on Thursday this week. We're already in week five. The one and three Washington Commanders, the two and two Tennessee Titans home at FedEx Field in week five. I will talk to you guys on Thursday. I am Ryan Fowler from the Draft Network, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.